Dream in Moving Pictures, the podcast about movies. I am your host, Reese Dobigan. And I am joined once again. It's been a while, but I'm joined once again at long last by popular demand. And since the last time he was on this show, he is now a regular contributor to our website, notthepublicbroadcaster.com. I am joined by the gonger himself, Alan Stringer. Alan, how are you? I'm doing well, Reese. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Better better now that I'm joined by good company. Someone Lean to talk back. about movies about. Heck yeah, bud. So what's a, so I'm quickly asking for the fans, how's it feel to be a part of the team? Oh, it's it's hmm. How's it <laughs> how's it how's it uh being absolutely censored? And having an editor breathing down my neck. Yep. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I liking it a lot. It, it's challenging, and you're giving me a whole lot of space. Uh, Instagram doesn't give me that kind of freedom that you do, so it's uh, it's great. Yeah, Instagram. That's the one uh, where you're limited to like 140 characters, right? That's such a. I feel like they shortened it, too, because I tried to do a mini-review, and it just was going into the comments again, so scrapped. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's one of the beautiful things about your reviews on Instagram, is sometimes you just, you can tell you love to talk about, like, a particular film, because you're ending up finishing your posts in the comments, and then there's, like, sometimes there's, like, two comments, and it's like, oh my god, Alan, you love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> or you hate this movie. I mean, it depends. I like to rip them apart. Nice. It's always fun to rip rip a movie. I'm I'm super excited to rip apart 2018. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna rip it up. I haven't I haven't hit too many. I'm uh, I haven't even seen uh, Black Panther yet, but uh, that one has a lot of hype to it. Uh, I better uh, I better get to that one before the editor gets on my ass. Yeah, that guy. Who is that guy? Fuck. Fuck. Fuck editors, Alan. I'm going to call him. I know him personally. I sleep with him, actually. All right. So this week, in honor of the biggest award show in the film cinema calendar, or on the film cinema calendar, I should say, is the Academy Awards. It's like, what, the 79th, 85th, 97th? Academy Awards, who cares how many there's been, but like clockwork, it's back, ready to celebrate the best in the movie industry, or sometimes accidentally appreciate not the best. So we'll definitely talk about that later in this episode, I'm sure. So Alan, what we're going to talk about, because we can't go over the whole show. Okay, there's so many categories, and we don't want to be like every other show who's just going to go one by one, best picture, best director, best actor, actress, actor, supporting role, actress, supporting role. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is, you and I, we're each going to pick a couple categories, our favorite categories, and then we're going to talk about a movie that won, and then we're going to talk about a movie that we think should have won. What do you think? You digging it? Uh that sounds good. You, you know, like, I uh, I pretty much, you know, half-assed my research on this, but eh, I'm always right, so it's, it's all good. Perfect. Hey, <laughs> you know what? With confidence like that, 
No one is ever going to know unless you say it on the podcast. Oh, wait, you did. You just said it. Yeah, but my knowledge is infinite, man. <laughs> infinite. Actually, I, I got it up here on the, the Wikipedia. I'm, like, just going through it right now, doing my research while we're talking. And <laughs> Which is this for? Oh, yeah, I, I chose... Uh, uh, Keyboard sounds in the background. Yeah, just I'm keeping it words in the sounds. And we're 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 gonna we're gonna do cinematography. You know how much I love cinematography. Well, hey, are you kicking this thing off already? You're you're picking the you're going first. I'm the host of this thing. Yeah, I'm taking over this show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I expect uh, nothing less. All right, go cinematography. Best cinematography. Give it to me. All right, let's. Well, I, uh, what? There's so many. I was gonna, I was gonna say. River runs through it. Uh, how do you say, a Philip uh, Rosenlot? Rosenlot? Uh, I'm gonna get some comments on that. Mm, it's like this guy. Um, I love Bradford, that. I love how that movie shot. I saw that in school. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I think we might have been in the same English class, to be quite honest. Yeah. So I really liked how that sh- was shot and everything, but. Uh, that's not going to be my pick. My pick is going to be There Will Be Blood, Robert Eswalt. Um, that's, that's like, pretty much my favorite cinematography of all. Well, no, that's not exactly true. But the guy, like, he's already won for There Will Be Blood. Well, he won for There Will Be Blood. And, um, yeah, I'd say that's the best cinematography ever, like, modern. Right. Um... But it takes so much from like uh, from like the past too, and he's able to take like what would be kind of a smaller movie and then turn it into this huge um, picture. And ah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be my pick right there. There will be blood. Um, so now we're gonna now. I, I would really like to more talk about who should have won, because this guy is uh, nominated for Blade Runner 2049, Roger the Deakins. Deakins. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're going with Roger Deakins, this guy, he kills it every single time. Um, let's just run down his um, Coen Brother movies, Fargo, Big Lebowski, uh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, what else? Lady Killers. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Those are this. That's just an example of what he's able to do um, on the small scale. Now he was probably. And, I think he might have been nominated for No Country for Old Men up against There Will Be Blood too, right? That, I think. Yeah. 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 So uh, on that day. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, I think um, uh, There Will Be Blood should have should have won, um, but No Country for Old Men that could have won too, and I would have been okay with that. I would have been like, yeah, they made the right choice either way. Um, he's also done the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. That is revolutionary. Yeah, that's got, I mean. You just got to go to like OnePerfectShot.com and check out some of the, the stills of that movie. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. His, 
the lighting in that scene where they rob the train and it's like backlit as he walks out of the smoke. Ooh. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, he's just legendary. Um, when it comes, and I haven't even seen all of his movies and I'm like, every time I see a new one, I'm just like, oh man, this is just, it's too crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't so know, I think... He should have won on many occasions that he didn't. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I just think he's, like, he's always, um, he's always paired up with a director that uh, probably was going to win. Right. And so they're like, well, we can't give it that many awards. There's something stupid like that. I don't know. The Academy is whack sometimes when it comes to certain things. But even as like his bad movies, like um, well, the movies I don't like as much, I guess you could say. Um, where did I? Uh, no, they're all good. Forget yeah, it. I mean, that's one of the things that's amazing about his his uh, record is. I mean, there is almost not a single misstep on there. And he's the kind of guy too where, if you look at his resume and you objectively are like, okay, was this a good movie? Because without Roger Deakins, there's a lot of them that probably are not as good movies without Roger Deakins. He did uh, The Village, right? So I don't really like that movie. It, I, I think it's like, um, I think it's really silly. Yeah. But it, it you can watch it forever mm-hmm. because it's just, it's at, it's shot so perfectly. Like the, the part where uh, um, they're going into the cellar to hide from the monsters and and it's just like that top-down shot of the people in the cellar to like just those like really good depth of field shots of the forest in that movie. Yeah. Uh, like he's able he's able to take a small set, make it big. He's able to take a big set, make it small. Yeah. It's like he, I don't know, he has a he has a crazy eye. Yeah. He's he's pretty remarkable. And I mean all you have to all you have to point to is you look at the track record of filmmakers he has worked with. It's, I mean, it's a who's who, right? Like you've got Sam Mendes, the Coen brothers. You've got uh, Gore Verbinski. You've got um, Denny Villeneuve. You've got, boy, uh, um, what's his face there who just filled in? Ron Howard is on there. Yeah, for I mean, uh, The guy's worked with some serious uh, uh, filmmakers. So clearly <laughs> he's got... He's he's in demand. This is a guy who's in demand. So I totally agree with you. I think he, he it's it's actually kind of a tragedy that he hasn't won by now. Um, well, like Shawshank Redemption. Like what what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I agree with you, man. So okay, what do you think is going to win this year for uh, the the uh, best cinematography? Yeah, uh, twenty forty nine uh, Blade Runner. You think he's going to pull it to. out? Like. We got, uh, I didn't see Darkest Hour, uh, but uh, that seems like Oscar bait to me. Um, Dunkirk was like masterfully shot, but there's a lot of CGI in there. Um, Shape of Water, I think that would have been very difficult to shoot. And Mudbound uh, was uh, another like really smaller scale type of... um, um, photography which i really really liked 
Um, but Blade Runner 2049, like you got the lighting in that. I know I said that Dunkirk has a lot of CGI and Blade Runner has a lot of CGI, but there are just some like absolutely beautiful scenes in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, it's pretty. And strange. yeah, uh, but uh, what? How do you say her name? Ma- Rachel Morrison. Yeah, she, she is definitely a contender. It's Roger Deakins or her, and that's that's where i'm gonna stand on that but i i am i am almost i am 100 percent roger deakins is gonna win if he doesn't i'll eat my hat but okay then next week on the episode alan might not (laughs) uh might not be appearing he might be in the hospital i own a lot of hats (laughs) that is true okay so your favorite film that's ever won there will be blood Movie that you should have won, anything Roger Deakins has made, and the film you think will win this year is Blade Runner 2049, Roger Deakins. Cinematography, boom. Hell yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to go, and I'm going to make my category, my first category, Best Foreign Film. Because, like, I love foreign film. I think it's, we don't, you know, we live in the... Western culture, we're so used to Hollywood movies being put out, and we don't watch enough international movies. There's a lot of incredible international movies out there that, you know, never get enough recognition at the Academy Awards. And so, in a sense, in my opinion, best foreign film is actually like... It's basically best picture... Because if Best Picture A is essentially everything you're going to get out of Amer- like Hollywood, America, Best Foreign Film is the next like next set of best films from, I mean, it's from around the world. So uh, I when I was going through looking at this, there were a number on here that I wanted to pick as favorites that won for Best Foreign Film. Um, the Great Beauty, 2013. I saw that at Cannes. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Beautiful film cinematography wise like that is really really well shot great score great acting but super italian uh amore 2012 michael haneke so amazing um babette's feast which was back in 1987 that's an, a phenomenal movie one of the best movies about food which i feel like is kind of a weird little subgenre that doesn't get nearly enough focus but the movie that i want to pick is one of my all-time favorite movies and just one of the most uh, beautiful, like cathartic movies, and it's and in this day and age too, it kind of has this un this newfound kind of resonance with me because it's all about nostalgia and the melancholy and the sadness of nostalgia as opposed to like, oh, sick man, they're bringing back my old favorite movie, Cinema Paradiso, 1989, best foreign film. I still remember to this day, because, you know, male gender roles, I was counting the movies that had made me cry up until I was, like, 23 years old, and Cinema Paradiso was one of three movies that had ever made me cry. The other one, uh, the other two were My Dog Skip, because that's just a sad-ass movie, and Saving Private Ryan, because I had mono, and my grandpa had just died, and he (laughs) fought in the Second World War, and that movie made me cry. And then Cinema Paradiso, boom. Only movie that's never, like, manipulated me into crying. Just a beautiful, beautiful film about life, uh, lost love, and about movies, you know? So it's, 
Incredible. That's my pick for best foreign film that's ever won 1989 Cinema Paradiso. Bam! That's that's great that you, you chose uh, um, best foreign film. Uh, for me, I, I'm just looking through this list right now of winners and uh, nominations. And I gotta say, I haven't seen many of these. Like, whenever I see a foreign film, they're not going to be Academy. Um, they're not going to go on the Academy. Uh, I love foreign films, but it's just never... I never see the Academy ones. Like, the only one I can see here is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, better than Star Wars, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, that that's like that's a great category. Is that some reference I don't understand? That's a reference you don't understand that uh things are better than Star Wars and and you hired a gonger? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon cuz I know that that the original Star Wars borrowed from Kurosawa's The Hidden For- uh, Fortress. Yes. And so I was thinking like maybe there's some sort of like payback like like Asian cinema was all like, you're stealing from us, you know, and Quentin Tarantino, you're stealing from us, so we're going to steal from you. And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was some Star Wars, like. Well, um, not that it is, I'm just saying, conspiracy theory. Well, you know, like, uh, I'd say most of Star Wars is uh, borrowing from um, Kurosawa in particular. It's Japanese. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is. Um, it says Taiwan here. I thought it was Chinese. It is Chinese, but I think that the, 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 mm. how they pick the country oftentimes is where the primary amount of funding comes from, if I'm correct. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go with that, I guess. Okay. Now, in terms of movies that should have won, I have one in particular that that is still, to me, one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think one of the all-time great crime movies um and it's called a prophet it came out in 2009 directed by jacques audiard a french director this is i highly recommend if you can get your hands on this movie a prophet is just amazing it's like it's basically the godfather in prison for the 21st century it's this young uh arab guy he's 18 years old he has he's sort of just like a block of wood, he's really unrefined, you don't really know much about him, he's just like this kid, he goes to prison, and ends up stuck between all of these forces that are kind of like, he's he's got, he's basically forced by this Italian mob that controls the prison, that has corrupt, the guards are all corrupt, and they basically run things from the inside, almost like a Goodfellas thing, and Mm. they basically force him to assassinate another prisoner for them, in return for protection. And it's just this amazing movie because he becomes like, works for them, but he doesn't fit in with them because they're Italian and he's an Arabic. And then there's the Arabic prisoners who see him working for the Italians. And so they, so he's like playing in between all of them. And the whole time he starts to build his own like criminal influence. It is absolutely amazing. Amazing. Uh, And I highly recommend it to anybody. A prophet, 2009, it lost to The Secret in Their Eyes, which got an American remake. It's an Argentinian film was remade to star friggin' Julia Roberts. So, I mean, come on. That kind of tells you something, if you ask me. 
But A Prophet, 2009, should have won. Didn't. Bullshit. Bullshit. Best modern crime movie. Mm. Again, I have not seen it. I haven't. It's it's out of my radar. So, you know what? Have you seen Rust and Bone? Have I seen Rust and Bone? That's the one with... uh... No, I didn't see that. I was in London when that was out. I wanted to see it. I saw The Master instead. Yeah, well, not a bad alternative. I also saw Skyfall in London that time. Okay. Well, Rust and Bone, that's an Odiard movie as well. And D-Pan. I don't know if you saw D-Pan. It was the most recent one. Mm, I'm an Odiard junkie. What can I say? I saw Prophet and it just was like, need to see everything this guy's done. He's an awesome filmmaker. Especially... Because he 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 films um, he films French society in a way that's very exciting. You know, it's almost the way that he dissects society and the way things work and and uh, you know uh, culturally and all the clashes of cultures now. Because France is this country that's like I don't think enough people in Western society know like France is kind of a crazy country. Like they, yeah. you think we've got some strange race relations? In North America, they've got some crazy race relations in France, uh, and this this a prophet kind of explores that in a really really interesting way. So, great movie, I highly recommend it. For that category this year, I'm gonna go with Loveless by Alexei Zivgenistev, another amazing filmmaker. He's Russian, obviously. If you can't tell by his name, hmm. uh, he directed a film called Elena, which was amazing. And he directed a movie called Leviathan, which was also nominated for Best Foreign Film a number of years ago. And he's very similar to Odiard. He's very similar to a guy like Haneke. Kind of a cynical, dark view of the world. Loveless is like this movie that just it wrenches your heart. It was honestly one of the best movies I saw last year, period, including everything. Uh, and it's basically a movie about a boy who his parents are getting divorced and neither one of them want him, and he overhears them arguing about how neither one wants him, and he runs away, and you don't see him for the rest of the movie, and the parents then, he goes missing, and the parents then try and find him, and it's just so harrowing, and it just rips at your heart the whole time. So good, I hope it wins, it better win, none of these other things in there are worthy. Yeah, um, fortunately I was brutally ill. I was going to see the square, but um, I missed it at our at the uh, International Film Festival. And so that was the only one that I even glanced at. The trailer looked really nice. Yeah, Ru- Ruben yeah. Osland, I think. He did uh, Force Majeure, too. Mm. Yeah, he's really, really interesting. He and, like, he and Haneke... Uh, and Zivgenistev are kind of this little trifecta of foreign filmmakers that are pretty similar, that are kind of like making some really, I, I think, important stuff that's you know not talked about enough, but whatever. Okay, Alan, <laughs> what's your second category? Oh, I was torn. I was torn, Reese. But I think I was, I was going to go a little bit offbeat and really, really try and think about it this time. Best short and animated feature. No. Okay. I don't want... Thank I God. No. We're... <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Best Actress. Okay. That's that's a little bit off the... 
Like that's not something that I would I would think that I would have chosen. I would have been like, but like I was like, yeah, I always write I always write about writing and I always write about directing. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do directing. I'm gonna do directing. And then um, then I then uh, I was just recently in Texas and I saw uh, one of the nominations um, for best actress um, for um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, for Frances uh, McDormand. And that got me thinking. She's really awesome in it. She's also really awesome in Fargo. And she won for Fargo in 1996. So, uh, like... Uh, Playing a complete opposite character to the one yeah, she, she does in Three Billboards. She's, she's so versatile. She's a, she's a maniac. And, and I, I, I like... I love her so much. Anytime she's in something, I'm like, oh, got to see that. Yeah. And then I started just going through this list, and I'm like, what's good? <laughs> and um, and then I, I got to a, a movie you, um, you – I remember we, we just uh, were having one of our, ni- our Thursday nights out. We went back to your place, and you popped on a movie, and it changed everything. <laughs> and uh, – I'm, it's, uh, it's Network. Yeah. And it's Fade Down Away. I just, I'm looking for it right now. Um, cause I want to get the year in there too. 19, I'm going to say 1976. Yeah. There it is. Yep. 1976. Fade Down Away. She's my, that's my favorite. Um, she has so much energy in that role. She's, like I said, uh, a maniac. um just the uh where was it um two years earlier 1974 she uh was nominated for chinatown which was a much different role and a much smaller role like of course you're not going to win for that but faye dunaway network um that's is it's a really really uh solidifying role and it, it really changed the way that I looked at acting and uh, that movie as a whole as you um, writing, um, directing. It, that, that's one of those movies that really changed the way I saw film. Yeah. Sydney uh, man, that is, that's one of the all-time... I mean, that, what's yeah. stunning about that movie, it still holds up today. Like, you could watch that movie today and it's almost more uh, prophetic today. Yeah. It's a, it was, and the day we watched it, uh, a few like that was, uh, man, that could have been ten years ago actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was relevant then. Like it's just a very relevant movie. Yeah. Um, and Faye Dunaway in it, uh, she has she has a cartoony quality, and then like she just at the end of that movie is just straight up savage. Yeah. And, she would yeah. eat her young. Like that's sort of how I describe yeah. like her character's motivation. Yeah. Just so good, so good. Okay. Oh, and then and then which? Uh, who's an actress that should have won who didn't? Ellen Ripley, nineteen eighty six. Sigourney Weaver, Aliens. Come on, yeah. get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just oh. for that one line alone. Who did she lose? Actually, to I was just year? like scrolling through it and I saw that. I'm like, no way. She she should have won for who won for that year? Yeah. Marlene Matlin. Children of a Lesser God. I've never seen that. I've never, never seen that either. But 
I, I mean, I know the name Marley Matlin. Uh, I guess probably. Oh, Marley Mat. That's right, Marley Matlin. <laughs> okay, yeah, Marley Matlin um, is uh, a deaf actress. So okay. I think that was like a big thing. That was one of those movies where. <sighs> For lack of a better term, they kind of gave it to her because her she she had a you know a disability and she was really good in this movie and it was just like okay well boom right yeah which I can't well, really argue with like it must be incredibly difficult to act when you're when you're deaf so yeah and if you're looking if you're looking at that year um, Sissy Spacek was uh, for Crimes of the Heart okay. Um, yeah, that was a tough year. And Jane Jane Fonda, the morning after. Uh, That's a tough I, year. Uh, Kathleen Turner. I never saw Peggy Sue got married, so I don't know about that one. But uh, ooh. yeah, that's a that's a hard one. But yeah, Sigourney Weaver for that year. I don't know. I, I, you know what I thought you you were gonna go with, and this is the one I would go with: Ellen Burstyn for Requiem for a Dream, losing to Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich, to this day, to me, is still the ultimate injustice in Oscar history. <laughs> ultimate. Yeah. Like, like Julia Roberts wore a push-up bra, Ellen Burstyn got shock treatment and was addicted to pills. Like, uh, Julia Roberts was, was sassy and tough, and Ellen Burstyn was psychotic and uh, delusional. Ah, oh, God. Yeah. Still, just... Anyways. Okay. My turn again. <laughs> you didn't want to go with the writing category. I was surprised by that, because, well, I have ended up going with the writing category, because I, too, am a fan of the writing. Yeah. It's... it's Super it's important. The blueprint, it's the blueprint of a movie. Yeah. And now I, being someone who likes to dabble every once in a while and, and thinks I'm a creative person, I like to write my own stuff... I want best, best original screenplay. Best adapted screenplay is cool, but it's usually, like, you know, it's a different process. Um, and and oftentimes, you know, people always say the movie's better than the, or the book is better than the movie. I tend to agree with them. So, that's out. Best original screenplay is what I'm going to go with. And I had a really, really hard time picking. Um, of the movies that have won in the past, some that I was like, yes, absolutely. Patton, 1970. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, the dialogue in that movie alone is just amazing. Like, stunning one-liners that just... Rommel, you son of a bitch, I read your book! <laughs> oh. yeah. uh, Chinatown, which you already mentioned. One yep. of the all-time great screenplays, stories in in cinema. Um, uh, oh, the name escapes, escapes me now. Um, Towns. Oh, what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Robert Town? I want to say Robert Town. That's right. Mm -hmm. Like, the guy wrote The Last Detail, Chinatown, Shampoo. Uh, I mean, one of the, the all-time great screenplay writers. So they, there was that. 1976, Network, of course. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Of course. Um, Fargo, 1996. Got to go with my boys, the Coen brothers. I love everything they do. But my pick was more of a modern one, I guess. And I admit I admit, I pick it because there's some level of flair to it that the other ones don't really have. 
And it's 2004 Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay, interesting. Because that's a movie that I... I still kind of struggle to imagine how um, Charlie Kaufman wrote that, like in his head, how he wrote that and was imagining what went on the screen. The way that they, the way that the movie is filmed is it's an amazingly shot film, but how did Charlie Kaufman like write that in his head? Like when scenes and memories and dreams are crashing in on each other and they're running through memories, you know, like, and then just even the non-linear timeline that's actually a linear timeline, I have no clue. Like, when I sit down to write, I wish I could imagine something like that. Just stunning. Uh, that's my pick for best original screenplay. Favorite in that category all time. Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Hmm. Yeah, I love Charlie Kaufman. Um... Straight up, I um, I really didn't uh, think that would be your pick. That's crazy. I, I kind of find that a fluffy movie. <laughs> fluffy movie, but 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 I I also think it's a very well written movie. Um, I think it's fluffy because of the acting. Maybe okay. maybe Tim uh, or oh, uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is um, maybe wasn't the best choice, oh, but at the same I time, the only is... choice. I mean, that's easily the best role of his career. Yeah. Which, I mean, okay, fine. That might not be saying much when it's he's not really a dramatic actor, but I thought he was absolutely perfect for that role, man. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while either. I, I might have changed my mind by now. Oh, it's so good. And it's got... Uh, Kate Winslet is amazing, playing a role she's never really played before. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Kirsten Dunst, who's great in that. Uh, Tom Wilkinson. I mean... Tom Wilkinson, dude. The guy is like a legend. He's so good in everything. And then... Uh, you see, your name and all these actors I think are fluffy. Tom Wilkinson <laughs> is not fluffy. Get out of town. Get Sorry. out of town. Uh, he's good. Everybody's good. Everyone good. They're all good. All right, slap that taste out of your mouth, boy. All right. <laughs> but either way, Charlie Kaufman, Eternal Sunshine... He's also done being John Malkovich adaptation, which yes, you know, which are in in a way adaptation, especially are films about the creative process, which I find find so fascinating that he can like put that on a page. But okay, uh, now now should have won again. I had a really hard time picking. I mm. my boy Kaufman lost for being John Malkovich in '99 to American Beauty. I didn't feel that, that was too egregious because American Beauty is great. But there's some actually, like, amazing losses here that kind of offend me, to be yeah. quite honest. I'm looking at the list right now. I'm like, what? That didn't win? you got to be kidding me. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go chronologically. The Deer Hunter lost to Coming Home. Like, I, I don't know what... People must have... It must have been like, okay, we're going to pick, like, the happier Vietnam yeah. movie, not the one that's... Yeah, that's a total political um, oh, pick there, man. Piss me off. All that jazz lost to Breaking Away. Again, I, I'm speechless. Yeah. yeah. Do the Right Thing lost to Dead Poet Society. <laughs> I Dead Poet so, Society? That's not that good. I'm sh- I was shocked at that. I nominated anyway. 
like of all, do the right thing is such an important movie. Yes. You know, and 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 even just not out, outside of that, like the writing is fantastic. It's great. It's so energetic and and just the story like it must have been people were just the people who didn't vote for it again, it was probably a political thing. Like I didn't yeah. like how Mookie just he smashes the window at the end. Why would he do that to <laughs> Sal, his friend? It's like, oh, God. So yeah. that was one. Uh, in Bruges, lost in 2008 to Milk, which I thought was another one. But the one <laughs> I have to go with is A Serious Man in 2009, losing yeah. to The Hurt Locker. Uh, all the, you know, like, In Bruges is great, but, I mean, not a perfect film. I think A Serious Man is one of the most tremendously philosophical, underrated movies of, like, the last ten years. Nobody talk, nobody talks about it enough uh, in terms of Coen Brothers' greats, but yep. it's so amazing. It's just, it's great. It's so well written, and, again... Some of the dialogue is fantastic. Some of the scenes, the way they're conceptualized are, are great. Like the scene where the teenaged boy uh, has just had his um, his bar is his bar mitzvah, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he goes to see the old rabbi, and the rabbi quotes... Um, oh, what is that band? When the truth is found to be lies, and all the joy within you dies... Oh, that's um, Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Airplane. And then he says, be a good boy. And the kid is like, he had smoked weed before he went in there, so he's baked, and he just stares at him like, what did I just hear? And then, <laughs> it's just it's just so well done, uh, so oh, well written. It, it's, it sits on my, uh, on my shelf um, just for the writing, actually. Um, yeah, that that's. Uh, I had to watch that movie a few times. I didn't get it at all. I had to research like words, um, <laughs> because ahead. like I'm not Jewish, so I don't know um, the, the terminology or anything. So then I figured it all out, and then I went back, and I was like, I still don't get this. <laughs> and, the dibbuk. Uh, the dibbuk. Yeah, the dibbuk. Yeah, and I like to this day, I'm not even a hundred percent sure why the beginning is in that movie. Like, I've seen it a few times, and, like, I get it, but I, I don't. <laughs> and I love that I don't get it, still. Yeah. I, I feel fairly certain that it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie other than in some spiritual sense of, like, okay, you're you're about to watch a movie that's very much about, like, uh, Judaism. Yeah. You know, and you're like, okay. Like this is Judaism. This is a Jew. Like this is a a, a Jewish uh, story, and now we're gonna watch a story, a, kind of a Jewish story, because the Coen brothers are Jewish and they grew up in Minnesota, and so this is actually one of their more personal films. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would be my pick. Now, for this year, of all the of all the movies nominated for best original screenplay, uh, I kind of felt like it was an easy pick for me. I had to go with Get Out. But Jordan Peele, Hell yeah. <laughs> by like a long shot, really. I mean, maybe Shape of Water. I mean, like it depends on what you're going for. But like Shape of Water is kind of an original idea because it's like incest with a sea fish monster man. Okay, mm. like that's. But I don't know. As, as a written thing on screen, eh, you know, Lady Bird, really fun, 
Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Again, that's another kind of energetic one, that's, but I think it's kind of flawed. Get Out was just like so original. Like it defines original screenplay to me. Yes, yeah. Even though it's a, it's a little um, um, Stepford Wives E. Yeah, but it's got a point, right? Like that's why. But it that is like like it's the point, and then. Um, as I explained to certain people about that movie, um, cause it is, it is like very racially charged and, um, being a white guy, there's, there's parts of that movie I'm watching it and I'm like, oh shit, I do that. And when a movie opens your eyes to your own, uh, like your own dark mirror, uh, and you see yourself in that mirror darkly and you go, wow, I, like I need to change. When a movie does that to you, that's that's incredible, and that's what that movie did for me. And it, it's it's a, a test of that writing. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peele really really nailed it in there, and that's that's probably one of the most important movies that come out in the last ten years within that subject matter. Yeah, I, I yeah I found it it to be remarkably well done. Um, Peele can translate that. Like, also just the, the perspective from the main character who's this black guy and he's surrounded by all these sort of, almost, like, these overly uh, overly liberal people and how even still in that situation there are flashes of, like, their oppressive behavior. Like, even in, like, I would vote for Obama for a third term and he's kind of, like, that still makes his character feel uncomfortable and you yeah. feel that you're like, oh, I, oh man. So it, it really, I don't know. It really puts in perspective. Uh, I, I just kind of love that it that it takes the piss out of uh, out of uh, you know liberal types, to be quite honest. But that's just me. Not to yeah. put politics into it, but you know, it takes it takes <laughs> well, the piss out of people who take themselves too seriously. That's uh, like. That's exactly it, and it's it's a very fun movie too. Like you, you'd never want it to end. Um, I actually have only seen it once since uh, it came out, um, mainly because uh, that damn editor keeps me so busy watching other things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that that was like, and it came out so early in the year too. Yeah. And I was worried people are going to forget about it. Like, I was just like, don't forget it. Like, I was like, every time you go out, let's try and bring get out into the, uh, the conversation, uh, when, uh, you know, going out with friends or something like that. And, uh, I've managed to do pretty well on that and get that, get the word out for that movie. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh man, maybe you should check that out. You know, <laughs> like, um, for like, uh, uh, Three Billboards, that was like the last movie I just saw. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little too Coen, Coen Brothers in the writing. Like okay. It's not exactly as, as original. And Shape of Water is very unique for a sci-fi fantasy. But uh, there's there are flaws within the writing. Yeah. Um, I didn't see Lady Bird. I didn't see The Big Sick. So shoot, sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. Don't yeah. So there we go. We got our four. Best original screenplay, best foreign film, best actress, and uh best cinematography. Boom bam yeah. bam bam bam. Now, 
All right, before we end the show, we're going we're gonna to go real quick here. What is the best movie you most recently saw? Uh, best movie I just recently saw. Um, hmm. Well, I just saw Three Billboards. That was pretty dang good. And I just saw Mute last night, actually. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm still working on the review. You'll get that soon enough. <laughs> no worries. I'm sending you an email right now over my phone while we... <laughs> Oh, I'm just looking at stuff that I've reviewed in the past little bit. I just recently rewatched uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I've never uh, seen that one. That's the never one after s- Revenge of or Wrath of Khan, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, Spock has died, but he like is resurrected and uh, on the planet Genesis, and these Klingons. Who, the bad guy is uh, played by Christopher Lloyd. He just kills it. He's great opposite um, William Shatner. Really? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's the bad guy, and he might be too good of a bad guy opposite William Shatner. Like, he's just too good of an actor, and <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of sad in a way. But there's this part in that movie where um, uh, they, they kill Kirk's son, and um, this was actually a mistake. But um, William Shatner like goes to like fall back into his captain's chair, and he's too far away from the chair, so he just falls back, and he kind of hits the chair a little bit, and he's like, "You cling on, bastards! You killed my son!" It is cinematic mastery. <laughs> but uh, uh, best movie that I've seen recently is The Phantom Thread. Yeah. Um, like we could like it's uh, nominated for. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So it's nominated. We'll just say that. But I really, really love that movie. Um, it's, uh, oof. And I think that, that's all you need to say. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, it's a beautiful film. Yeah, Go see it if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that I've seen a few movies lately. I watched Paper Moon, which is a Peter Bogdanovich film. Uh, I think it was the movie he released after the last picture show. Great stuff. Ryan O'Neill is like, I never knew he was that funny. Super comedic talent. He also did uh, What's Up, Doc, with Peter Bogdanovich and Barbara Streisand. And in Paper Moon, he acts with his daughter, Tatum O'Neill. Fantastic movie. Uh, but the the best movie that I saw lately was a second re- watch of uh, Gravity. And I saw oh, yeah. Gravity in IMAX, and like I legitimately had my hand gripped to the seat. Uh, yeah. On my normal TV, not that harrowing. Like that is that is a, definitely a movie you should see in the cinema or on a giant screen and in 3D if possible. That's like one of the few films I can actually say that about. But yeah. even so, just amazing. And I hate 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 how it gets criticized for being like there's no story, nothing happens. I'm like, are you out of your effing mind like this is this so much happens like yeah she gets it's stranded a- in space and has to get back down to earth the only thing she can see is earth it's humongous and it's like it's right there and she has to get to it and she like it blows your mind how people can be like nothing happens like she goes from space to earth man oh yeah. So good. So and we're talking. 
if we're talking about cinematography, yeah, like wh- how how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's remarkable. It's it's a remarkable movie, uh, and Alfonso Cuarón has not made a movie since then, which yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, so, like was it that harrowing of an experience? <laughs> yeah, it you took know? a lot out of him, you know. So, uh, so there you go. There's there's our Oscar podcast. We're going to try and get back on next week to break down the winners and make fun of as many of them as we can that we disagree with and maybe actually the controversies. I'm yeah. all about it. May, but maybe all think like if everything goes well, maybe we'll be talking about like I can't, I can't believe that they gave it to Roger Deakins and and PT Anderson swept every category, the Phantom Threads in and and it's a good day. But more likely, being the Academy Awards, we'll be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But that's, that's why uh, we have podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly material. it. <laughs> so, Alan Stringer, the gonger, thank you for joining me. Check out Alan's stuff on notthepublicbroadcaster.com and on Instagram at the gonger, the underscore gonger. Which is it? No, no, I'm uh, I'm Gonger Reviews. Gonger right? Reviews, that's right. Is that what I do now? I, I rebranded. Yeah, Gonger <laughs> underscore reviews. <laughs> Gonger underscore reviews on Instagram. Uh, I am Reese Dobigan, your host. This has been Do Android's Dream of Moving Pictures. We are out.